Hey guys, welcome back to Chance of the Podcast. We hope you guys are having a fabulous start of the week. We know that you guys, y'all got, you guys probably missed us last week, but we just took a little week off and we're back and better. And so much stuff has happened, like in society between the Meghan Markle interview with Harry and Oprah, and then um, the Bachelor finale and Sharon Osbourne on the talk. Like it's just so much things going on. Oh my gosh. And the Grammys too. For, for Oh yeah. I didn't even watch the Grammys. Did you watch it? Um, I saw parts of it. Like I didn't watch it at all. I just saw that Megan and Beyonce won and that was enough for me. Like it was nothing for me to watch. Our culture is booming in high demand right now. Let's just say that. <laughs> and it's international women's month as well. So it's a lot of different like things. Yeah. Going on. Um, Shout out to all the women. Um, especially us black women out here, us brown women, because I feel like we really been dealing with some blows lately, which is kind of why we wanted to bring up this topic today, because it's like even during Black History Month, during Women's History Month, we can't get no respect. And I say that <laughs> to say, like, I feel like with the Grammys, we've seen black women get talked down upon because of how they dance, how they look, their music. People were talking crap about Megan and Cardi's dance. Yeah. Like they were saying how all like how it's so inappropriate and trashy and not artistic, how Megan shouldn't have won, all kind of stuff. And then we know with the Megan and Harry interview, obviously that caused like an uproar (laughs) across the world. Um, And so many people didn't even believe Megan. And I'm like, off the strength of what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) why don't you believe her? And then- It's just, yeah, all of these um, recent like kind of culture, pop culture events, have shed a light on just the fact that people do not believe women and especially like black women. Like we, like everyone always has to question every single thing. Like we can't just be great. Like it has to be something else or we can't just be living in our truth. It has to be like, oh, she's lying or whatever the case is. Like, it's just like black women just seem like they just can't be are respected like anybody else when someone says something about them. Yeah, 100%. Like I feel like the dis- like the disrespect is just like at an at an all-time high. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, we weren't necessarily trying to like bring this to the podcast, but like honestly, this podcast includes who we are as women and like to our core we're black women. Like we'll never be separate from that. So so let's I take guess- it one event at a time. Yes. <laughs> Before we get into it, I guess I would like to say is I feel like I've done a really good job this year protecting like my peace a little bit better than I did last year when it came to like kind of like race issues in the news and in pop culture. Because I feel like last year was so exhausting. And like this year when stuff happens that it just like pisses me off, I feel like I have a better like kind of gauge on when I should like kind of log off and just like dial back a little bit, even when things are like triggering and whatever. So like, I feel like I've done better about that this year. And it seems like every month is something. I'm glad you said that because honestly, we don't have to answer to everything, right? Like, I feel like 
that's a common thread is like people are kind of waiting for our reactions around certain stuff or waiting for our responses. And as a black person, when you're dealing with like racism or as a woman, when you're dealing with misogyny, you do not have to respond. Like you don't have to feel obligated to protest, to speak out. Like you can honestly protect your peace and just be like, you know what? Like you can segment out parts of yourself that you want to respond to and issues that you want to respond to in the moment. Okay. Like, I just want to make that very clear. Like, don't ever feel guilty because you are, you are, you're a person that identifies with something that, you know, people are speaking about actively and protesting and whatever, and you just don't want to engage. That's perfectly okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because like, like we said last year, it isn't our job to tell the rest of America and teach the rest of America what's right from wrong. You know what I'm saying? That isn't like, that isn't every black person's job. And I think that has been one of my issues about a lot of these recent events. It's like people believe that like me as a black person, I'm supposed to teach you and help you and aid you through like what to do. And that's not the case all the time. So, okay. So let's hop into Oprah, Meghan Markle and Harry. Let me put some respect on Meghan Markle's name. Isn't she Duchess of Sussex? Yep. So yeah, let's, I'm going to get her right because we stand Meghan Markle over here. And actress. People, I've seen people on the news just be like, Meghan this, Meghan that. If it was, they don't ever just be like, Kate this, Kate that. They always put Kate Middleton's title in front of her name. But it's just like, oh, because she's black. Everybody is saying, like, put some respect to her name and use her title. But anyway, yes. So. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, like like you said. Sit down with Oprah. (laughs) like like you said even before she had this crown she was an actress a philanthropist and she was bfs with serena williams so shut up and plenty of other famous people too like anyway she's that girl so anyway (laughs) she sat down and let me just say this that was a great that was literally probably the best one of the best interviews i've ever seen for my whole entire life and not because of like oh, who they were and, like, what they were speaking about. It was just well done. Like, it was just great. Like, okay, loved it. Oprah did a great job, as always. Well, Um, I feel like as PR professionals, um, we can acknowledge the fact that Megan's composure the entire time, her carefulness in answering the questions, like, I really appreciate that. The respect they showed throughout, um, especially when talking on different topics, like, they really didn't expose nobody, like, how they could have. She was so well-spoken. Yes. And then, of course, Oprah, like, we already know she's so good at what she does. I mean, if you look back at, like, the Michael Jackson interview, like, she's always been it when it comes to interviewing. And it was and just she beautiful. can interview anyone. It's like, she does, like, pop culture. So she done, like, Rihanna. Like, she can do anybody. Like, Yeah, but to see, like, two Black women in this space, like, <laughs> it's, it's speaking on this. It's not even, like, a us issue. Like, it's not even, like, a... American issue, but it was just such a good interview. But anyways, I digress. So yeah, it was a great interview. And obviously she talked about the mistreatment that she experienced while her and her husband were um, like official members of the family. That included obviously um, questions about how dark her unborn son would be, um, not protecting her against the media against things they knew were false, 
Um, what else did they say? Um, she had, she was obviously dealing with some mental health issues. They wouldn't get her the proper help. She asked if she could go to, um, you know, a facility to seek help, professional help. They would not allow her. Mm -hmm. She didn't have her phone. I mean, I'm assuming all of the, like, not having access to certain things is like a Royals thing anyways. Wait, but- when did she say she didn't have access to her phone? I thought she just said she doesn't, she just doesn't listen to the, she just doesn't, like she no. voluntarily doesn't listen to media and read media and engage. No, they, they don't, they can't just like tweet how they want. Like they don't have their phones like that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't think it was just like, I, I mean, like she has a cell phone. She just can't use it how like me and you use our cell phone. I don't know. I don't. I, I thought she said she didn't have one, have it, but anyway, anyway, the restrictions I guess that come with yes, not life. Yes. Um. So it's not so much the interview itself, but it's like the impact of it and the commentary that followed. That is really what striked me, and obviously across the world, it caused a lot of um, chaos. You know, chaos. So overseas, we saw Piers Morgan act a fool per usual. Yeah, because he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that you should, you should, like, you're literally belittling the fact that this woman is saying that she tried to kill herself or she thought about, she had ideations of killing herself several times. And you're trying to say that, like, that's not true or like, you, you seriously doubt that? What? Yeah. And, and was, you know what's so crazy about that? It turned out that they, he had tried to, like, date her. Like, of course. A salty man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, the audacity to not believe. Oh, nobody wants to sit here and say, like, I've dealt with thoughts of suicide, especially on a platform like that. Like, no one. That's so triggering. It's such a loaded comment. Like, nobody would willingly want to say that unless they're mm-hmm. trying. Like, she's literally just laying the ground for why they left and i just felt like that was so wild that it was so hard to wrap his brain around that but it also to me pointed out like a key point that a lot of folks don't understand what it feels like to be the first in a certain role like the first black person in any role is a lot of pressure so and then you add in the fact that the tabloids were commenting on her race and they internally she was facing questions and commentary about the color of her child. It's like, of course she would have severe mental health issues. Like who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the fact, the fact that somebody like Pierce Morgan couldn't even put two and two together and say, you know what? That would make anyone screwed in the head. Yeah. It's just the lack of sympathy for me. And like, People, I don't know. It, it, it was disgusting, but I can't stand him. So like, it was just gross. And another thing for me was like, he kept referring to saying that like, they are being disrespectful to the queen. And like, if anyone that actually watched that interview, which 18 million people did, um, she kept always saying that like, she has the utmost respect for the queen. Like she literally reiterated that point time and time again, that she had a lot of respect for the queen. So for him to then get on television that next morning and say that she had no respect for the queen and it was distasteful and all this stuff, like nothing about that interview, in my opinion, was distasteful. So like, it's just that too. Like just the complete, like, like well, my thing knowledge. Is, huh? If, if you have respect for someone, then you should want to hold them accountable for 
their wrongdoings anyways. So to me, it's like when you completely overlook someone's errors and you don't correct it and you're always by them no matter what, to me, that's like supremacy. Like that's essentially like if we flip it and look at America, the people who are so blindly following Trump and like storm the Capitol and stuff like to me, that's that's supremacy. Yeah. That's not upholding the truths and the values of the American flag in the UK. That's not upholding the crown. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I just think that people with platforms need to do a better job of fully understanding something before they open their mouths, just like how everyone else expects, you know, normal citizens before they go yap off on Twitter to like, you know, have a better knowledge of what they're speaking on before they speak on it. The same standard needs to be put in place for these people on television and that have a platform because I feel like the same thing happened with Sharon Osbourne and the talk. She opened her mouth and started talking about something that she has no flipping idea about. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like everybody talking about stuff that they shouldn't even be talking about the first in the first place. And then it's just like, if you are going to talk about it, at least, have some decency to like educate yourself a little bit better on it. Yeah. You know her. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, The fact that she was on air asking her black counterpart to explain to her how she was a racist or why people would consider her being a racist with a racist. To me, it's like, that's not any black folks responsibility to explain to you what that means and what that looks like. But, but when they do go ahead and try and explain it to you, which is what her co-host tried to do in a very screaming, great way, calmly, you're screaming and you're yelling and you're doing the absolute most. I just want anybody who is not of color listening to this podcast to understand the composure that those two women had is what we have to do damn near every day. Anytime we're put in a position where something should alert us and should trigger us and should anger us. It's like you internally have to calm yourself down to try and not come off as the angry black woman, the angry black man. And you have to tell yourself like, I, they can scream at me crazy, but I need to come correct because I don't get second chances like that. Mm -hmm. If Elaine would have went off, she'd be cut period. Yeah. No second chances. No, no, um, don't even get me started on this whole like cancel culture. Like every everybody's just saying every time somebody holds a white person accountable is cancel culture. No, it's just it's just called holding someone accountable. But yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. It's just like too much. It's but just too much. if we do choose to unsubscribe from someone, or because, something. Like I'm sorry, how old is Sharon Osbourne? Like you, you and how old is Pierce Morgan? How old are all these people? And it's not even about age; it's about the experience and exposure that they've had to so many people of color that, in like they're on these large platforms where they're in doing interview kind of formats where they should be educating themselves on a consistent basis, learning about how people operate and how they work. And the fact that you have this many years behind you and you still are this ignorant to me, that's when it's okay to be like, all right, nah, canceled, unsubscribed, whatever. Okay. (laughs) So now that we got through that, like this is all going to tie into each other at the very end. I think 
this brings us to the bachelor um because once again we're seeing that you know there's ignorance at play and there's someone asking to be taught the ropes and to be explained what's racist and what's not and the bachelor honestly (laughs) there's so many lessons in that in this like okay like Long once I realized that I was gonna hate this season, um, I started just watching it for like life lessons and like things that you know what I'm saying because I felt like this season really had a lot of just plain like just life stuff. You know what I'm saying? From Matt dealing with family trauma to Rachel's like rage, like Rachel's what do you call it? Racist, insensitive posts and doings and her not like wanting to address it until eight weeks later and all of that. Like it was just so many lessons in this season. And, but particularly we're talking about race on this episode. So let's just keep it to that. But anyone that doesn't know. So Rachel, how do you pronounce her last name? I don't know. Whatever. Rachel, the one that won the bachelor this season. um, She, she attended a antebellum, plantation style party while she was in college and it was a bunch of other stuff outside of just that picture of her at the party she had like dressed up as a native american for halloween and her friends had been saying the n-word and she had been liking the tweets liking the photos like all types of just crazy stuff it wasn't just and i guess i was trying to explain that to someone today it wasn't just one picture of her at a party y'all like it was a lot of different things but the bachelor didn't get into all of that last night but whatever yeah Anyway, she just the pure ignorance that she had to why that would be kind of racially insensitive is mind-boggling to me. But growing up in the South and going to a predominantly Southern university, I can see how, well, first of all, I know they happen. And we know people that have attended parties like that. But I know, but I know for a fact, you know what I'm saying? Like you, I can, I can see how, she could be completely like oblivious to that or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's more like, I don't know if this is the exact term that um, the gentleman used in the episode where he's, I think it was racial ignorance. Um, Racial ignorance and yeah. But like they said, (laughs) and when Matt said this, I didn't catch it. Like, I was like, what? And then I sat back with it and I was like, oh, when people say 2018 is a long time ago, he was like, you know what was a long time ago? Plantations. Yeah, he bought like, that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, yep. No, but seriously. So when Niall and I studied abroad in 2017, we were like, <laughs> um, we had a classmate. Four, four, we were four, we were two out of four black and brown folks out of the entire trip, right? riddled with you know white sorority girls whatever we love them everything is fine we come back home there's at least one of the girls if not two or three who went to an antebellum ball i remember seeing this in 2017 that next fall after the summer sending it to niall like do you see this like am i tripping or is this not okay and like that was 2017 so me as a black person you know i immediately know what that's about or whatever but as a white person like they don't have to sit and think like oh this is celebrating you know they just view it as another frat party that they're gonna find an outfit to go to you know i mean they're trying to all week they're just trying to figure out what they're gonna wear to the frat party and cool whatever but 
you signed up to go on a show to date a black man. <laughs> like, I am so sorry, but if you have any black people in your life, you should be putting so much more effort in getting to know their experiences. But and- Brittany, she said that when he asked, when the Emmanuel asked her, you know, did you ever think for a second that any of the pictures from your past would come to light? She said, no. And that right there is just, how much of white privilege that she is able to have, you know what I'm saying? To lay in bed and like, you know, just to not think that any of your past um, actions would ever affect you. That's such a high place of white privilege to be in. And that's what I'm, that's what, that's the alarming part. Like, you know what I'm saying? That like, she never viewed anything. If you don't view it as wrong, why would you think that would ever affect you while you're on a national TV show? Yeah. And to me, that just boils down to you don't, you didn't do your homework. You don't understand what it means to be black. You can't just think dating a black person means you'll you'll step in front of them when a police officer is questioning them. That's like the buck don't stop there. Like racism. But that's what, you know what though? Okay, so Matt James went on GMA um, the morning after the finale, and he said that. So um, Michael Strand asked him, like, did you have a conversation about race and how that would affect you know being in an interracial relationship with Rachel? And he said no. Oh my goodness. And he said that the only time he really talked about race on this whole season was with other black women, other black contestants. So like, like, come on. That's what he said this morning. That's also problematic on his part because it's like, why wouldn't you? And he said, yeah, he said that if he had to change something, that would be one of the things he changed to talk about that. I'm like, nada, my dude. But yeah. So I guess I'm just trying to say that like, it's just a lot of things that were problematic. And um, a thing, uh, last thing for me that was concerning about Rachel was when he asked, so Emmanuel, the host, asked her, like, you know, what have you been doing to, like, further educate yourself? And she was like, well, I'm not going to name off all the movies and podcasts and books I've been reading. But why not? No, yeah, yeah. But why? But then she didn't, but then she said that statement. She said, because that's not what y'all want to hear. But I'm like, Okay, but like I'm thinking she's saying all this to like actually tell me what she's about to do, but she never followed up and said like what she was actually doing. To me, did you catch that? Yeah, to me, she ain't do shit. First of all, this is a national platform, so this is the perfect time for you to riddle off. Actually, say what you're doing. This is the perfect time to name off books and documentaries for those white folks that are commenting to you saying, you don't need to apologize. You're not racist. No, this is a perfect time for you to use your platform to educate people and the people who are genuinely curious about what you're doing to say, you know what? Read White Fragility. Read this. Read that. Like, that's the perfect time. Second of all, completely agree with you. She didn't say what she's done at all. And I felt like the way they ended the conversation with her still wanting to be with this man without showing any type of real remorse, in my opinion, or you don't think she's action, or I feel like she's remorseful because she didn't, she lost her man. She, yeah. And she didn't react the correct way in the beginning. Like instead of reacting like, Oh my gosh, I should have known better. She most likely reacted like, well, can you like can you come with me on this journey to self righteousness? Oh, yeah. I feel like she's remorseful of how she played her cards rather than remorseful about her past. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and that's just me. That's a but- bar. Anyway, <laughs> no, really, because like he kept alluding to the fact that she had to do the work alone, and so that made me think that like obviously they've had they've had some conversation. 
where she wanted them to like tackle this issue as a couple, like get through this together, like help me understand. And that's not his job. And it's not any black person's job to like teach you how to be less racist or what's racist and what's racially insensitive. Like, you know, it's just, it was a bunch of mess. And I'm just so glad that he stuck to his guns because like, I was very concerned. Okay. Based on his actions all season, I did not know (laughs) what he was going to come out here and say, but I thought he was very articulate. I thought he stated what he had to say. Good. Obviously he loved, he loved the girl because he was super emotional, but just like he stood his ground. And I appreciate that about him. Yeah. 100%. And I am going to give him grace because I think what we could see on the season finale before they got to the After the Rose is that this man is dealing with a lot of family trauma. And this moves off of the topic of Rachel because, once again, racism has so many different layers. It's not just taking an insensitive photo. It's the way ABC portrayed his like family life and his backstory and that conversation with his dad, like to me, knowing oh, the conversation with his dad was cringeworthy. I saw something on the internet, the stereotypes that go with, you know, black fathers, you know, black, fa- black men always leave their children, you know, children, black fathers, aren't good fathers, like all those stereotypes about black men. And then you are going to, uplift this man's story with his white mother and his absent black father and you're going to share this conversation live where you know majority of your viewership are white folks and more specifically white conservative folks white christian folks who are gonna you know find that entire thing distasteful to me was very harmful to matt and very harmful to the black community 100% agreed. That's the first thing I thought about when I saw the conversation with his dad. I was like, these people aren't going to take this as something positive that he got to reconnect with his dad. People are going to be like, oh, look, that's that's what black people are always all about. See how black men do their families and da 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 da. It was going to feed into the stereotypical, like, narratives of what a black family looks like. And it pissed me off so bad. And I was just like, ABC, y'all should have done better. And I saw people on the internet, though. I Like, it's kind of weird, though, because I saw people on the internet. Some people were embracing it, and then some people weren't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people thought it was a good conversation that he had. But I'm like, I, it's not about the conversation, about what they were talking about. It was just like, some stuff just shouldn't be on television. It's like clickbait. Yeah, like, yeah. it shouldn't be on television. Like, watch this black man be hurt by his black father. Like, we haven't seen that story on television 180 times. Also... And I'm now I'm not sure if you're if you've experienced this, but I know when I was in high school, I had um, white friends who literally told me they could not date or bring home a black man. And to me, seeing how this white woman was cheated on and left by a black man only further cemented this idea that black men ain't shit when it comes to dating either. And that's like, see, that's why I won't let you bring home, you know, a black man, da 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 da. And I just felt like it was extremely harmful. Extremely. ABC, do better, okay? Like, we see you guys are trying to do, thank God. Like, thank God y'all aren't bringing Chris Harrison back next season, okay? But mm-hmm. just do better. And like, I, y'all know I was so hyped about this season 
Okay, listen a couple weeks ago, or that was probably like one of our first episodes of the season. I was so hyped about this. Me, I never watched The Bachelor because I think it's, and I still think it's a stupid concept to have 20 people fighting over one person. That's not realistic. And it just, I feel like it's a mind, a mind. It just screws up your mind. Okay. And I just don't appreciate that. I, like, I don't like the concept of the show. So, anyway, I guess I'm just trying to say that I was really excited about this season to finally see like ABC has taken the first steps to have a black, the first black bachelor. And I'm sad for Matt that his season, of course, got is overshadowed by a bunch of racist stuff. Like, of course, the black season with the black bachelor is overshadowed by some white girl's racist past. Like, I feel bad for him from that standpoint because I think it could have been a better season if it wasn't for that and the way abc like handled it and like just the chris harrison thing but i mean i do appreciate them now M- michelle they announced michelle was going to be one of the bachelorettes next season um the what's the girl's name that are going to be hosting it? oh taisha yeah Tasha. they have women hosts now like i think they're trying to do better and even bringing Emmanuel on i thought was good but like it's just I'm kind of done with that show. <laughs> yeah, it is on ABC, right? Yes, yeah, ABC. So ABC like usually does pretty well with like race. Like they have the Blackish show. They um mixed mixedish. I haven't watched, but they have um I believe like Grey's Anatomy comes on there. Scandal was on ABC. Um, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, they have it's all the reality TV show on ABC. Is do they have any other reality TV? They definitely do. I just don't. I don't Maybe know. They just do a poor casting job. Yeah, they just need. Yeah, they just need to do better. Um, okay, so I, I just felt like we needed to dive into that because I know a lot of people feel the same way we do. And for those who missed it or you know have seen like the headlines but aren't aware of like why this is important or what's going on, I think it's important, regardless of if you give a shit about The Bachelor or not. Um, to continue to have conversations on how black people are portrayed in the media and also how um, issues of race are dealt with and cancel culture and accountability. Um, because I feel like we can't, you know, let our foot off the gas when it comes to that, because this is the only way we're going to break through these barriers, these, you know, implicit biases, you know, this racial insensitiveness instead of, you know, like it, it's just like you have to be anti-racist. You can't just be I'm not a racist. You have to be anti-racist. That means speaking up for stuff when it's wrong. That means you know taking accountability. It, you know, it's, it's other factors. Um, but I'm as much as it's like, even though all these conversations are draining to have, and every month something happens, I kind of am appreciative of it because I feel like it's exposing layers to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like get all these crazy people out of here. Every now until 2023, if every month something crazy happens dealing with race and as long as that means that we're getting more to the core of the issue and it's, you know, bringing the conversation forward and moving it forward. Let so be it. Let's have it. Cause I, cause because it's like, I feel like change doesn't happen when you're silent, you know? So yeah. more, more of these white racist people, y'all keep speaking up. Please <laughs> let us know. Like, 
I like to see my enemies faced on. I don't want y'all hiding in the dark. Like, come to light because enough is enough. No, 100%. And I'm thoroughly appreciating the folks who do call themselves allies. Like, actually, in the comments, you know, answering stuff that we don't need, we shouldn't have to answer and challenging their counterparts' thoughts and opinions. And, you know, I I appreciate when I do see that happening because it means you're actually putting what you're learning into action. And you're minimizing our effort because it, it is exhausting to not only live through racism, but to also have to combat it too. Um, so I, I want to end it on a more positive note. Um, so I know I mentioned it at the top of the episode about, you know, how people had some negative stuff to say about, you know, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B's Grammy performance. But I do want to shout out the fact that Black women are constantly breaking barriers every day. Beyonce is now, you know, the high, the most, most winning, winning female. female artist in Grammy history. So shout out to B. We're Beehive over here. Um, Meg, you know, is continuing to secure the bag. She's award. like the third black female artist that's won Artist of the Year, like ever. I think since... Um, yeah, it's only been her, like, Lauren Hill and somebody else. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, yeah, for sure. And then, like, obviously, Cardi B, I feel like the way she embraces her sexuality, it's like, you know, black and brown women have always been, it's been viewed negatively when we do embrace it. And I feel like she is constantly challenging that and, you know, pushing the boundary even more and, you know, <laughs> dipping her toes into like the political space when she needs to address politicians who decide to start talking about pop culture and speaking on her name. So in honor of this, I have one, one other tidbit. They have the most um, female directors nominated this year for Oscars. Oh, that's um, amazing. Really, really dope. So no, that's amazing. So in honor of Women's History Month, I just want to say for all the women who are listening, shout out to you. For all the the men who are listening, please give the women in your life their flowers now while they're here. They deserve it. Um, Listen. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy. We'll be back very soon. um, But we hope you enjoy this wonderful spring season. 